You're listening to a Cripple and Co. production. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. Well, it's summertime here in Canada where I'm recording, and you know, in summertime, we're always told to go outside and explore our national parks. But, you know, for all disabled people, exploring our national parks is just not accessible. Well, I want to tell you about a really cool event that's looking to change that. My friends at the Engineering Health Lab at the Kite Research Institute University Health Network are hosting a virtual conference on national park accessibility in Canada. This free event will take place from August 23rd through August 25th, 2022. The goals of this completely free event are What does national park accessibility look like to me and why is park accessibility important? What are the major barriers that impact national park accessibility for people with disabilities? And what are innovative solutions to improve park accessibility for people with disabilities? You know, I think this is such a great initiative and something you don't want to miss out on because we really need to be considering accessibility everywhere, even throughout our national parks in Canada. So to register for this free event, please head to www.parksaccessibilityconference.ca today. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Clonawilly.com. Clonawilly and Clonopussy are do-it-yourself molding kits that allow anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a sex toy at home. All materials are ethically sourced and 100% body safe. If you shop at clonawilly.com right now and use the promo code DARKPOD at checkout, you can get 20% off site-wide. Wow! That's a deal that cannot be cloned. I talked to one of the representatives the other day, and they are more than willing to answer any questions you have about how to make your own clonawilly or clonapussy, how to use the kit. They're so, so willing to go on this journey of cloning a willy or cloning a pussy with you and they're super nice and super responsive to any concerns so if you want to pick up your own clone a willy or clone a pussy kit right now head over to clonawilly.com and use promo code darkpod that's d-a-r-k-p-o-d at checkout right now and remember this is a deal that cannot be cloned We call it Slicking the Bean, Choking the Chicken, Giving Yourself a Hand, Auditioning Finger Puppets. There's a million and one names for the old five-finger shuffle, and yet hundreds of millions of people are unable to sauce the taco due to disability, aging, or illness. That's where we come in, if you'll pardon the phrase. At Bumpin', we've created the world's first 
accessible sex toy so people with limited mobility, hand issues, and disabilities can celebrate Palm Sunday just like everyone else. If you agree that everyone deserves sexual pleasure, help us spread the self-love and fund an orgasm for those in need. Give the gift of the big O at getbumpin.com. That's G-E-T-B-U-M-P-N dot com. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. This is a podcast that looks at disability stories. It's like sitting down with a really close friend to have a real conversation about disability, sexuality, and everything else about the disability experience that we don't talk about. The things about being disabled, we keep in the dark. Here is your deliciously disabled host, disability awareness consultant, Andrew Gerza. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends, and thank you so much for clicking on episode 306 of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. Thank you so much for being here. Let us get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get the show started, shall we? First things first, I got some really amazing reviews over the weekend about the show, and I want to share them with you because I really was really touched by what some people said, and I wanted to share some of those reviews with the listening audience, and thank you for listening to the show and for liking it and for leaving a review. Thank you so much. So let me share those with you right now. Somebody sent in a review, and they said... Yep, this podcast is for you. And they said, let me read it. They said, this podcast has helped me to self-reflect on my own ableism and has helped me to expand my worldview. Oh, thank you. It doesn't matter what kind of body you have. This podcast should be in your library. Andrew is charming, kind, and articulate. The kind of person I'd want to have a beer with. Wonderful listening experience. Well, unsatisfied free cycler who left this review... If ever you are up in Toronto, I would love to have a beer with you. Thank you for that awesome review. And I would love it if you, listening right now, would leave a review of the show and what you like about it and why it's important to you, as it really helps people make sure that they know about shows like this and shows that talk about disability every single week. So I would love for you to leave us a review wherever you podcast. And if you want to get the show one day early, completely ad-free, and a shout-out on the air, you can also support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark. So consider pledging if you're able to. I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And now let's get to the show. One of the things that I really enjoy doing on this show is having candid conversations with people about disability And I like meeting people around disability where they're at and how their experience plays a role for them. And I think it's really important that we shine a light on disability, even when it's hard. And even when it doesn't feel super good to do that, I think it's important to have conversations like that with an audience. And I got to do that today with my guest. My guest today is my friend and longtime listener of the show, James Geiger, who is somebody with, with cerebral palsy who is really awesome and someone that I've gotten to know a little bit over the years. And we've been following each other on social media, and he was like, I want to be on your show, can we finally make it happen? And we finally did. And we have a really candid conversation about 
how his cerebral palsy affects him, some of the ableism that he experiences, the everyday ableism that he experiences with people just out in the world because he lives with a speech impediment and how that impacts how people perceive him. We talk a little bit about the ableism he experiences as a queer disabled person on the apps due to his speech impediment and due to trying to navigate sexuality with people and how that makes him feel. We also talk a lot, a little bit about, you know, whether or not James would wish that he wasn't disabled. We talk a little bit about that too, but what I really, what I really appreciated in this conversation with James today was just having a candid conversation about disability, about how it made him feel, and about how he, how he navigates the world as a disabled person. I think that's so important to just have really frank conversation about how disability makes us feel. That's one of my goals as a disabled storyteller is to let, to let other disabled people share their stories wherever they are. And James really, really did that today. So I'm excited for you to hear our interview and to hear how ableism plays a role in his life and how disability makes him feel. I think it's very important that we share his viewpoints and I'm excited to bring it to you. So without further ado, here's my interview with my friend James Geiger right here on Disability After Dark. James Geiger, hello. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm great, I'm great. I am so excited to have you on the show. We, you and I have been trying to do this forever. It feels for like years. Few, yeah, for quite a while. We found, yes. we found we're, we're finally doing it. And, well, we're recording it a bit early, but the listeners are listening to this on your birthday week. Yes. So, uh, that's super cool. I'm the big... Thirty-eight. Cool. I just turned thirty-eight, literally like three months ago. By the time this comes out, um, how does it feel? How, or well, by the time we're recording this, you'll have no idea. But how do you how do you think it's gonna feel to turn thirty-eight? The same mode city day as always been. Cool, cool. Now I met you. I think just through internet land. I think that's how we met through through just the internet. You met through disability after dark. I messaged you about wanting to be on the podcast, and that's how we first met. Oh yeah, now I remember. See, but that was years ago. See, I don't remember anything. So, but I'm so glad we're finally doing it. So, yay! It finally came true. Here it is. It's happening. So, if you could just start off. I want the audience to know all about you because I know you do cool stuff and you're really awesome. So can you introduce yourself to Disability After Dark and tell us who you are and what you do? Well, do I begin? Um, I'm James Tiger. I have cerebral palsy. Um, I've had this since both uh, cerebral palsy, but those of you who don't know, is a lack of oxygen to the brain. So I was born premature and I was born dead. So those two vectors. Cool. I mean, not cool, but like cool. Cause he, cause, so, cause he, I mean, I was blue too, so I get it. So yeah, um, I, 
The doctor revived me, so I'm meant to be healed. That's right. That's right. And I think it's really awesome that you're here, and I'm so glad you're here today. Um, I, too, I don't think I, I think I was alive, but I'm pretty sure I was blue, and I'm pretty sure I was see-through. So I totally understand what that's like to be like, oh, wow, I almost didn't make it here. Um, and when I was born, my mom tells the story that the rabbi came in and read me my last rites right right when I was born. So so we're we're two peas in two very similar pods, you and I. Um I'm I'm also adopted. Oh my, awesome. my 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 biological mom died about a year after she had me in the drug overdose. Oh I'm so sorry. I'm not I'm honestly not sorry because, the, in my opinion, this may offend some people, but in my opinion, she made the choice to drink and do drugs while having me. So she made the choice to screw up my life forever. Do you, ha- do you have any... um? Obviously, you're glad to be here, but do, do you have any resentment towards her for that? A lot. I'm yeah. so mad at her because if she had not done that, I could have been normal. Yeah. I want to get into a little bit about how your CP affects you, but I mean, you kind of open up a cool avenue of conversation and an avenue of conversation that I think is important about wanting to be normal when when or quote unquote normal when you have disabilities. How do you feel as somebody with a disability? Um just like is is like if somebody could wave a magic wand tomorrow and make you not disabled, would you do you want that? Look, yes. And let me say why. Um every day because of my speech and measurement I get discriminated against. One thing that COVID taught me is I used to be a night owl. I used to go out on the town and people would mock and make fun of me. But ever since COVID hit, I've been home, homebody. And it started on me that if I don't go out, I don't have to deal with any bullshit. So I've yeah. been at home for months now because I don't want to deal with the outside world. Yeah. I mean, and I I know from having been bullied myself and mocked myself and made fun of myself, not so much anymore, but... I remember when I was younger, it happened a lot and people say stuff and it's, you know, I think for you having a more noticeable part of your disability, like the speech impediment, I think that kind of ableism is really, it's really gross and it's really unfair that we would mock somebody for a difference in speech pattern or the way they talk. I think that that the fact that we would make fun of somebody with a disability period is wrong, but when we do that so openly to somebody that's just, I mean, it just tells you that we have so far to go in terms of dealing with our own ableism and dealing with, 
the way that we treat disabled people in our society. And I'm so sorry that happened to you. I have two examples I'd like to share. First okay. example is I'll be at a restaurant and I'll be getting ready to go. I all have customers try to stop me from leaving because they think I'm drunk. Because yeah. of the way I talk. Yeah, you're not the first you're not the first person with C P that has said exactly what that and has told has shared that that exact story. And I think, you know, it's so and like do you find that when that happens to you, you have to over like Overprove that no, no, I'm really disabled. Like, no, no, I really am. But let me go. Thank you. I actually had the waitress come over and have the waitress explain to the customer, he's okay, he just has the speech embezzlement, he's not drunk. Isn't that? And they'll be like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Isn't that ridiculous? Because surely you did the same thing. Like, why do they need the waitress to tell them that you, what you just said? Like, that's, I mean, I think that's, I think that's just, again, it proves we have a lot of ableism to work through. What was the other example you wanted to share? Second example is I'll be with one of my friends at the Walmart or something. And I'll go up to an associate and ask a question. Yeah. And they, they, the associate will talk to my friend. Oh, yeah. I'll be like, excuse me. I asked the question. Not my friend. You can talk to me. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, those are, those are, unfortunately, those are all too common examples of the ableism we face. And I'm sure for you, though, it's really frustrating because. I'm sure on top of that, underneath them talking to your friend or assuming you were drunk, there's also the assumption that if you say, if you then rebut and say, oh, no, I'm just disabled, then they think that maybe you're not, you're not smart, you're not, they have all this ableism around your intellectual capacity. And like that's, I'm sure it's happened to you. And I, I, is there any, is there anything? People have been talked down to me. Like, oh, do you need help? <laughs> I'm like, like, excuse fucking me, no, I don't. <laughs> I excuse. hate people sometimes. Yeah, it's I don't so aggravating. Yeah, I know, I don't blame you. They can be really fucking the hardest to deal with, especially when you're just trying to live your day and you're constantly confronted with that kind of ableism. It can be... I know because I have been too. It can be really exhausting and really tiring and, and you don't deserve that kind of stuff. But let's back up a little bit. Let's back up to, so we, I, we, you mentioned that you have CP and thank you for the refresher on how CP um, affects people. But I want to understand more from a personal standpoint, James, how does cerebral palsy play a role in your life? And just, yeah, just share kind of that. How does it play a role in your life? For me, it's, it's basically vocal and my fine motor skills. Like, yeah. I can't cook. I have trouble cleaning. I have trouble buttoning. Anything fine motor skills. I have Well, you know, with. you know, not that I wanted to bring this up so early, but here we are. You know, we're working on something. Everybody knows what we're working on. We're working on 
a sex toy that deals exactly with fine motor skills. Uh, so maybe soon, yeah. So maybe soon there'll be a toy. There'll be something that will help you um, with other parts of your issues with fine motor skills. But yeah, I have no issues with that. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad that you don't have any issues with that. That's awesome. But I, you know, I think the jokes aside, I think the oh, thing yeah. you, the thing, it's funny though, the thing you, you said about, you know, not being able to cook, not being able to clean. I don't think people understand the impact of having lack of fine motor skills, how it affects your life. Like, I, when I type, I type a whopping 10 words a minute. That's so slow. You're probably faster than me, though. I mean, I'm still doing the, like, one, two finger typey thing from, like, yeah, so you're probably faster than me. Yeah. G, I, because I have no dexterity. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm... I'm the same way. It's, I really wish that I could like button a button or zip zip a zipper or open a box or like you know yeah. And All don't get me started on speech recognition and stuff too. Oh, it just comes so far, and I love what it's done, but yeah. it cannot. For the life of me, understand a freaking word I say. That's so. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Siri's a bitch. No matter what you do, Siri and Cortana and the other one and all the other ones—they're all ridiculous. They all like none of them get your your speech pattern right ever. And I know because I don't have a speech impediment, but I have CP, and so if I say certain things, it just doesn't pick it up. And you're just like, oh fuck! What is the point of this accessibility thing if I can't use it? Yeah. Um. Tell me a little bit more about. Tell me a little bit more about how, other than the fine motor skills, other than the speech impediment, how does CP play a role in your life? Uh, it definitely affects my mental health. Um, like I said, people discriminate against me all the time. Yeah. And that causes me a lot of depression and a lot of dark, lonely times. And how do you, like, you know what, I think it's so important that we talk about mental health and disability, yeah. um, especially on a show like this. So talk to me a little bit more about how disability plays a role in your mental health. Is Does your disability make your mental health better or worse? Definitely worse because the the smallest discrimination situation means spiraling, and it will take a punch to get me out of that funk. Yeah, and sometimes I'm out for a day, sometimes I'm out for three days. I've been there. I, I certainly know that when I'm discriminated against or when I, even when I experience, you know, the internalized ableism, the ableism in my own brain, where I am telling myself the, I'm telling myself the bad thing. I know how debilitating that can be and how exhausting it can be 
to constantly hear that little voice in your head that tells you that because you're disabled, you're not good enough, or because you're disabled, you won't have this, or because you're disabled, you don't deserve this. Do you ever, like, tell yourself that story? Oh, every day of my life, I do. It sucks. I cannot get that voice out of my head. Because my disability is so free and noticeable. Yeah. I was on another podcast called The Disabled Report. And I know them. I know the people over there. They're good people over Kyle. there. I know Kyle. He's good people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about you on my show. Oh, um, great. Well, I love them over there. And I, you should all listen to The Disabled Report because they're great. So... Pause us right now and download their latest episode. But anyway, we were talking about kids. And I was saying how whenever kids ask the mom, I know they're being innocent. They'll ask them, mommy, what's wrong with him? And to me, that just brings up how different I am. Yeah. And that kills me. What do you, because I know when kids ask that question, it's innocent. Like, I understand, but I also understand what you're saying, that it hurts when they say stuff like that and they don't mean it. Like, I used to go to Florida with my mom and we used to go to the hotel and we she'd help me swim and she'd be with me swimming. And I remember every time we'd go, like nine-year-old kids would run up to us and be like, hey, What's wrong with your legs? Why do you, why do you need some? What's what's going on there? What's happening? And you know, I would be old enough that I could say, "Oh, nothing's wrong. I'm okay." But like, there is a small part of you that when when kids ask you that, you're just like, "Oh man, I got to answer this again." Like, what do you wish that the moms or the parents would say back to those kids when they say, "Hey, mommy, what's wrong with them?" It's it's not it's not really the answer. It's just the fact that kids are asking that yeah. breaks my heart. Because as I said, this reminds me all the time how different I am. I would offer to you, James, my friend, that being different is. A good thing. I know, I know you're like, oh my God, Andrew, that's so cliche. I know. But also, like, I think that to give you like a little bright spot, your disabilities can actually, and I don't want to sound too inspiration porny here when I say this, mm-hmm. but your disabilities can actually be, you know, a boon for you and can, can, yes, they make you different. And yeah, they're fucking hard. And I'm not discounting any of that, but I'm trying to say that like they're, it's not a bad thing. It doesn't make you, a, it doesn't make you less than. I promise you, it doesn't. Um, so I hope that you hold that in your in however you want to, and that that puts a little bit of a smile on your face. Thank you. Um, so what do you when you have days where you're where the ableism from all around you is kind of making you exhausted and taking you out for a day or two. What do you do to what do you do to um, recoup your mental health? What do you do to feel better? What do you do to to sleep. be okay? Sleep. I sleep all day. I don't get out of bed at all. That's how I cope. 
It's like all up in bed and I don't talk to anyone, turn my phone off, and I I listen to music. And I just contemplate life. What kind of sad music do you jam out to when you have one of those moments? I have a couple artists that I turn to. Okay. Do you um, want names? Sure, sure. Who do you? Uh, one, one of the artists I found on TikTok, her music is just amazingly healing. Her name is Blue Eyes. B L U E Y E S. Blue Eyes. And her music just speaks to me and meets me where I am emotionally and it's just awesome to have that playing in my headphones. That's great. What do you and I'm so glad you have that. What do you tell yourself when you need to like what do you tell yourself when you need to pull yourself out of that funk? Do you do you, do you tell yourself like, hey I'm it's okay, like it's all right, this is hard, but I still have value? Like what what do you tell yourself to to feel better? Honestly, Andrew, I don't know. I just wake up and I feel better. I and I I know this may be bad, but I I can't honestly tell myself anything good about myself. Because I'm I'm saying it was fucking hard to have yeah. sweeper party. It's fucking hard every damn day. Yeah. So. And I and I think it's important that we you know, instead of me giving you at this point, instead of me giving you like a, a little like pick me up, I think it's important that we sit in the in the in the knowledge that you've shared with us just now that it is really hard to have CP and it is okay to be angry and it is okay to be upset and it is okay to have days where you're like, fuck this, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, fuck, no, no, like, shit. But... I'm sorry uh, to be a negative Nancy, but no, 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 I, no. I am being honest. And I, I appreciate that. And I think that honesty is important for people to hear. And I think it's important. It's, it's valuable that you're sharing that with us. Um, I'm glad you have the music of Blue Eyes to make you feel was you feel seen or at least heard when you have their music on. Um, I want to move to, because we used to be a sex podcast. Now we're an everything podcast, but I want to move to a sexy question. Uh, okay. Can you share, can you, can you share with us some of your sexual experiences as somebody with cerebral palsy? <laughs> I don't have many positive ones. To be honest, um, my first time actually, I'll go with my first time. Okay. Uh, I was in high school. Um, there was this one uh, guy on the drum team who I thought was hot. So I, so I picked him up on the corner. We come back to my place. And we we experimented it, 
And I had a ton of fun in the moment. So we get done, and I take him back to where I picked him up. And I'm like, okay, that was awesome. The very next day, he um, starts a woman going around saying he slept with a cripple. And he was was spreading that all over school. And that really, really, really damaged me. Of course it did. You know, I have a similar story. When I first had sex, and I've told this before, but it's similar to what you just shared. When I first had sex, the guy told me that I was a pity fuck to my face after we were done. And so, like, it damaged me. And now I'm curious, did the did the guy, was he saying I had sex with a cripple like he was proud of it or like he had done you a favor? What? How was he? He was proud of it. He was so proud of it. As if he had and, done something. And he never talked to me again. Oh, fuck. I'm so sorry. That's yeah. really shitty. That's really, really hard. And, and all, all that hookups. And I'll, I'll be on Grindr and stuff, and I'll be like, just so you know, I have a speech impediment. And they'll be like, okay, I have no problem with that. I'll be like, great. Uh, let's do a phone call so we can see if we'll get matched before we meet. Because yeah. I'm safe like that. Yeah, makes sense. So a lot of every time I'll pick up the phone, I'll call them. Yeah. Hello? Click. Oh. Uh, well, Grinder is a hellscape. It's pretty yeah. horrible. The ableism on Grinder and Scruff and Grindr, all those apps. Grub, okay, Cupid, they are Yeah, they're all really horrible at addressing the ableism. I had a guy in the apps once. I messaged him, and he lived like thousands of kilometers away. We were never going to meet each other, okay? But I just said, "Hey, you're hot. I'd love to. I'd love to chat some more, or whatever." And he, he's like, "You're disgusting because you're disabled. You're gross. Why would I want to talk to you?" And I was like, "Oh, okay. Like, all right." And you know, you just let it go, but it, but it can be really hard because places like Grinder and the OK Cupid and all those places for you, especially given that you have a speech impediment and given that it's easier for you sometimes to be at home, those places are where you try to find community. So I can imagine it would be really upsetting to go on the apps like everyone else and try to do all the same things everyone else is doing. You want to make friends, you want to go on dates, you want to get your dick sucked, you want to do all the things. And then you you encounter that bullshit and it makes it just like, where can I go where I'm going to be valued? Yep. And my sexuality is going to be given the same weight and the same value as all the other guys on here. Why don't I get the same treatment? And I think, I think just hearing those stories and hearing the similarities of all the attempts that like, you know, you picking up the phone and wanting to talk to them and them hanging up on you. Like, that's just cruel. It's just unfair. And I'm so sorry yeah. that that it happened to you and you don't deserve it. 
I thought for a while you I thought for a while I saw on your um TikTok that you were you're seeing somebody. Let's not talk about that. Okay, we will move right along to to another topic of discussion. But, um I, I do want to talk about something along those lines that we were just talking about. That's okay. okay. Of course. Um, when I was in college, um, um, where I live, there's a bunch of sex clubs. And yeah. I had like a two or three month period of time where I would go to the sex clubs to find release. And I felt dirty, I felt shameful, but... Oh no, why? It was the only way that I could have any kind of fun. I understand. I mean, you know from listening to the show that I work with sex workers and I, I see sex workers and I've gone to sex clubs and I've done all that. I don't think there's anything shameful in that at all, and I, but I understand why you feel the shame because because we're taught in our society that we're supposed to like meet somebody the quote unquote normal way. We're supposed to have sex through relationship, and we're supposed to have all this stuff. And so I totally understand why you feel shame, but I just want to reiterate to you, James, that going to a sex club and having ha- working with a sex worker or going in a back room. It's not shameful. It's it's it is one of the avenues that you can access pleasure or release, and you should be entitled to it. And as somebody who does it, you know, as frequently as I can with sex workers when I have the money and when I have the funds, it's really valuable for me. So I wouldn't. I just want to. I understand why you feel the shame, and I thank you for sharing that. It feels shameful for you but I want to just reiterate that it's it's really for me it's changed my life as a sexual being so um, I would maybe go back there and try again but this time be proud of what you're offering and you're well, there to... well the thing is it, it drained my pockets because I was going like every night and it was like $20 a night to get in. And yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. I cannot keep doing this. So I cut cold turkey and said, I'm never doing this again. And this is why we need to fund, we need to fund sex work as part of SSI I programs, agree. as part of disability support programs, because sex work is like, when you were, aside from the shame you felt when you were engaging in at a sex club. Aside from that, did you feel, did you enjoy feeling sexual? Oh, outside of the same, I felt amazing because I, there were open theaters where I could watch people live in front of my face having sex. And I really get that opportunity. So to have people fucking right in front of my eyes was fucking hot. 
I mean, it sounds hot. Uh, <laughs> it sounds really hot, actually. Um, Straight, okay. I mean, I just like being around sexual energy. Yeah, and do you think you like it because, ob- I mean, obviously you can like sex regardless of why, but do you think part of the reason why you enjoy sexual energy is because it's something you don't get to experience often? Exactly, Andrew, exactly. I consider myself, this may be a little too revealing, but I consider oh, I'm ready. hypersexual because I don't get action a lot, so I'm always stuck at home with myself, so I'm always looking at websites, looking at porn, and... What's your favorite kind of porn to consume? Um, solo stuff. I I like... I'm very vanilla in that sense. I just like to see a guy doing it with himself. Awesome. Uh, I also like to watch a guy doing it with himself. I'm right there for some solo play. Um... But yeah, I mean, I fully understand what you're saying about being hypersexual, and I fully understand about that drive. And people always ask me, like, do you have a sex drive? In fact, I think, like, the second episode I ever did of this show was answering the question, do you have a sex drive? And I think I said something like, my sex drive is so much higher because I don't have access to not only another person and not only, like, a relationship where I can explore sexually, but I also, you know, don't have access to my own genitals sometimes. And so, like, that desire to be sexualized is, is different when you don't have access to it, I think. Actually, um, yeah, I'm gonna say it. I actually started an OnlyFans. Um, just so that I could show people that, like, you said in your hashtag, Disabled people are hot and disabled people are sexy. Yeah, so I that's mean, right. And only bands to show people that we can be sexual, we can be hot, we can have great fucking times. So I have an only bands just for that reason. Do I like it? Not necessarily, but it's a necessity. Because people need to see other other people with disabilities having sex and having pleasurable times. You feel That's me? Right. Uh, I 100% feel you. Uh, <laughs> I, definitely, I definitely agree with that. And I think, first of all, kudos to you because OnlyFans is, feels like a really scary platform. But I would be... I would be too shy to do one, so you're that's badass that you have one. Good for you. Like I said, I'm not necessarily proud of it or like it per se, but I feel like it's necessary for me to make a difference. Yeah, and I mean, it's certainly one way to do that. What Now, one of the things that you've said kind of throughout this show and that I've been listening to you as you answer, one of the things you've, you've kind of touched on a lot is that you don't feel 
you don't feel proud of yourself. You don't feel like worthy sometimes. And I, you know, cause I know you a little bit off the air and we've chatted a little bit and we've talked a little bit and I really admire what you do. And I just want to, I want to, <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask you a question like this. I, I want you to, can you give me, can you, can you give me five things about James Geiger that you think are hot? That are hot. My personality is when I'm very funny and very caring. Your personality? Yeah. Um, what else? It's hard about me. Honestly, Andrew, that's very tough to answer. I can tell you right now. Fine, I'll do number two. Number two, I think you have a really nice smile. I think you're really, you have a really nice, when you smile and you get excited about something, your whole face lights up. I think that's really cute. Um, all right, number three, I like that you are a badass and I like that you don't take any shit from people even though it depresses the fuck out of you. It sounds like you're like, you know how to hold your own if somebody doesn't treat you right. My taste of music is pretty badass. Do I like an eclectic uh, amount of music? Do I say that would be my fourth one is my taste in music. Okay. Uh... And then the last thing that we can think is hot about you, I think that, oh, I see on your Instagram all the time that you talk about how you do, you do web, web, web stuff, right? Web. I'm in the, I'm in school right now to become a voice act developer, actually. Well, I think that's hot because you know, being in school, do that, especially with the disabilities you have, you know about accessibility on the internet and how it needs to be more accessible. So you can say like, yo, voice recognition assholes, you need to make it, you need to make your voice recognition software recognize my, my speech. Thanks. Like the, what you're doing in that field, I think is really important. And I just wanted to and I basically wanted to give you five reasons why I think you're awesome so that when you feel down and feel low and feel, you know, the ableism is getting at you, you have those five things to draw from. So thank you for that. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, back on the education moment, is, um, I graduated with a master's in 2012. My master's is in instructional technology, but I would, I would go for job interviews and I'd be denied. And I know for a fact this because of the way I sound. So I've been forced into the gig economy and I did delivery driving and all kinds of shit. But COVID hit and I hit the brick wall. I'm like, I have to stay inside. I cannot expose people to COVID if something were to happen. And yeah. that's the beginning of this year is when I made the commitment to go back to school to learn how to 
develop websites. I used to design websites visually, but yeah. I didn't know how to make websites thing and make websites as logic. So that's what I'm working on now is JavaScript and React and all that fun stuff. All those companies need somebody like you because you live at a, an intersection of disability and technology and all these companies right now in 2022 are talking about how they want to be inclusive, how they want to change the market, blah, 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 all that bullshit. But you can actually come in and say, you know what? I have the lived experience to cha- to to make your website and make your product and make your thing that much more accessible because of my lived experience. So I would... So I would offer to you that you should like use that and use your use your speech impediment, which I know to you feels like something that is really hard. But maybe, maybe you can turn it around and use it as like a selling point. It is a way that you can guide a company or someone to make their stuff even more accessible. Yes, I plan on it. I plan on. <clears throat> being an accessibility expert. That's amazing. And I 100% um, I 100% stand with you on that one. Uh, so one of the things on the show that I love to talk about is both disability joy and disability grief. So I have kind of the first question I want to ask you is and I, we kind of did this before, but let's do it again. What what about your disability brings you joy? The the fact that I get to educate people and I get to open people's minds about a new a new way of thinking, a new I love seeing when light bulbs go off. I'll be yeah. talking to a group of people and I'll be like, at the end of my talk, I'll be like, now raise your hand if your opinion of me at the beginning of the talk to now, how many of your opinion of me has changed? Everyone's hand will go up. And that brings me so much joy. Maybe you should do. Maybe you should do the same thing when you, if you, when you go to a queer space and be like, and you know, do a talk about how cool you are, and like, you know, flirt with them a little bit, and then at the end, be like, so, how many of you queer people out there that wouldn't give me the time of day because I have a speech impediment? How many of you? have changed and see, you know, hopefully all their hands would raise. Yeah. I think, I think the kind of education that you can bring to the queer community as a queer disabled person with a speech impediment, I think you should use that speech impediment in queer spaces as your selling point because queer people need to recognize that you're just as valuable as they are and you deserve you deserve good experiences, and I'm. I think if you if you wanted to play with your speech impediment as like 
a sexy selling point, maybe you could do that. Maybe. Um, so, because you're queer and because you're one of us, you're a hot queer disabled person like I am. What is what do you want to say to the queer disabled community out there right now? What do you wish they would understand? That we are people, that we have feelings, we have hormones, we have love, we have passion, we have knowledge, and most of all, we're just like you. We're hotter though, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> We're we're hotter though. Um, at least I think we are. Uh, James Geiger, this was such a fun conversation. Did you have anything else you wanted to share before we were done today? Yeah, but I'll take another episode. It did take too long. Are you sure? Well, I we can t- I can take a minute if you want to share. Okay. Yeah. No, let's save it. All right. All right. Well, that means we're going to have to have a part two at some point. So stay tuned, friends, because apparently we're having a part two with me and James at some point. So get ready. Um, How can the people listening today, how can they get a hold of you? Aren't you like a star on on TikTok? Aren't you you have like a ton of followers? Are you like kind of TikTok? I'm semi-famous on TikTok. You can find me at James Ability. It's like disability. But James ability. Awesome. I'll make sure that that's that your that the link to your TikTok is on the show notes. Um, and on Instagram I'm at James Ability eighty four. Nice. I'll make sure that all that's in there. So but yeah, follow him on the TikTok because he says some really important stuff about disability and he, he's he's kind of a star. He has way more followers than I do. So like he's basically famous. Um James Geiger, I, as always, I love chatting with you. Thank you so much for being here today and for being so honest about your experience with disability and talking about it in such a raw, real way. I think it's important that people hear your experience with disability and, and your experience with CP. And, the, you know, thank you for being so honest today. And I really appreciate it. And I'm really glad you got to be here. I'm really honored. I finally got to be on one of the best podcasts, Disability After Dog. Been listening for you, been listening for years, and I've, I've always said I want to be on Disability After Dog. Oh, uh, Life on. Goal Unlocked. Well, here it is. Life Goal Achieved. I am, it is such a pleasure of mine to have you on the show. It, I'm so glad that you listen, and I hope that when you listen, you know, you don't feel so alone, and, and you know, you said earlier when you feel depressed, you should just sleep. Maybe when you, maybe to pull yourself up and in a happy place, listen to my goofy voice on a show sometime, and maybe that'll make you have a laugh. I'll tell you that sometime. All right. Well, James Geiger, this is so fun, and thank you so much for being here and for being here today. And thanks for coming on, and we'll talk to you really soon, okay? Okay. Thanks, Andrew. Love you guys. Thanks, James. Bye. Bye. All right, friends, that's another episode of Disability After Dark in the books. 
thank you so much for making this episode comfy, cozy, and crippled. And I hope you enjoyed sitting down with your favorite disabled person on the internet and talking all things disability. Thank you so much for being here. If you want to follow my work, you can head over to my website, andrewgerza.com, or you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at andrewgerza1. If you want to be on the show, you can, of course, email us at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com with your disability story. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to support Disability After Dark, you can go to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark and pledge as little as $1 a month up to $5 a month or more, or even a yearly amount if that works for your budget. We at Disability After Dark, me, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for supporting this show and Cripple Co. and all the things we do, and tune in next week when we shine a light on another disability story, right here on Disability After Dark. Bye, friends! Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was created, recorded, and produced by Cripple & Co. Productions and Andrew Gerza. Any and all use of materials, graphics, audio recordings, etc. cannot be used or distributed without express permission. If you would like to use an episode of the podcast or license an episode of the podcast on your website, please consider emailing Andrew Gerza and Crippling Co. Productions at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com. Copyright 2022.